Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Discussing chapter 6, Jnana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. Bhagavan started this chapter with a very bold statement. Who is yogi and who is sannyasi? Anasritaha karya karmam karoti yaha, saha sannyasi sa yogi. A person who acts in this world without depending on the results of the actions, he is a sannyasi, he is a yogi. It is as simple as that. You don't have to wear an ochre robe. You don't have to retire from what you are doing. Nacha nir agnihi, nacha akriyaha. Person who has given up the householder duties or one who is not doing anything, that's not a sannyasi. That's our general conception of what a sannyasi is. He does not have family. He does not have bank balance. He doesn't have a job. Bhagavan says that's not the case. So now the question is, if I have to continue working, then what is it that I'm gaining out of becoming a yogi or a sannyasi? So it clarifies that what we are seeking is obviously liberation from our limitations, which causes sorrows. These limitations I'm trying to get out of, but I can define my limitations. So in case of a common prisoner, we know that he's bound by his bondage. He has a limited space to move around, he has a limited field of actions, he can only do what somebody tells him to do within the sphere he can move around. So we call him a prisoner. We call ourselves free people. We have freedom to act wherever you go. I just get my passport renewed and there is a little leaflet comes with it. Now you are free to go wherever you want to go in this world with this American passport. Am I really free to move around? I want to take a world tour, but I don't have money or time. So now I'm limited. I'm bound by my own limitations, even though I'm free to do something, but I'm bound by my own limitations. So what is that limitation? that is binding me, what I want to achieve, but I don't have means to do it. And this limitation is created by my own desire. When do I feel limited? Neil, are you a free person in Hendrika County? Of course I'm free. I can move around wherever I go. But when I don't have the means to move around, so this is what happens. So you can work anywhere you want. I can work in Washington, D.C., or in LA, but if I don't have means of transportation from move from here to there, then I'm limited. Which is what planning people are facing in the communities becomes very affluent, like Silicon Valley, or even Charlottesville. Because of the university, 
standard of living is pretty high and the cost of living is pretty high. So they can find the low-wage workers because they can't live close to that. And those who live far, they don't have transportation to come. So what is our freedom is defined by what I want to achieve and do I have the means to achieve it. It is the desire binds me down. Yogi and a sannyasi is a person who is not bound by any desire. Therefore, they have no limitations. Because anything they are doing is within the means available to them. They are freely doing it. And therefore, they are anasritah karma phalam. I am bound because I have a karma phala in mind. I want to go to Hawaii, but I don't have money to go. So now I am bound by my own economical limitations. But a person who has no desire, he is not bound by any limitations because there is nothing for him to achieve other than what needs to be done right now, right here, right in my environment. So very first verse says, that person who is not dependent on the results of his actions. We start in the reverse manner. We start with the result, then see what needs to be done. This person starts with the action because it needs to be done. He doesn't even care what the result is. And therefore, he's not bound. And then we have seen the prescription. The who should continue doing the selfless activity. It says, if you are a seeker right now of this liberation, if you do not feel this, you are liberated, continue doing the selfless activities. Aruruksho munehe yogam karmakaranam uchyade. One who is seeking, one who is trying to establish himself on this horse, his one leg is on the ground, one is on that stirrup, but he is neither there or here. He has to continue working in this world to achieve that balance so he can jump over. So from seeking to achieving is our journey. As long as I fall into the category of a seeker of liberation, but once you do continue work in this world, only means available to you is selfless activity to purify your mind and intellect. The mind and intellect is the one which is binding you. Mind is creating a desire and that desire creates the path of how to achieve. Then I come to a conclusion, I may not have this means. And Swamiji in commentary said that in Mahabharata Santi Parva, it says, Oh desire, I know your root. Your root is in Sankalpa. That fancy of my mind that this is what I want to achieve, this is where the root of the desire is. But if I have nothing to achieve, then there is no desire, and therefore I will be free. So it's a big leap from where I am right now to get to that point. The Swami says to take a one tick at a time. New clock, ask an old clock, how am I going to do all these hours? He say one tick at a time. You just took one tick at a time. So you do one tick at a time, what you need to achieve. And this chapter is about meditation, which tells us how to get there. But when do I now consider that I am now worthy to meditate? Because you say, Aruruksho mune yogi karma karanam vichyati. 
ಇಂದ್ರಿಯಾರ್ಥೇಶು ನ ಕರ್ಮಸು ಅನುಸಜ್ಜತೆ ವೆರಿ ಸಿಂಪಲ್ ಡೆಫಿನೇಷನ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಕಮ್ ಟು ದ ಕನ್ಕ್ಲೂಷನ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ನಾಟ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ ಟು ಇದರ್ ದಿ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ದಿ ಆಕ್ಟಿವಿಟಿ ಕರ್ಮಸು ಅನುಸಜ್ಜತೆ ಅಂದ್ರೆ ಸ್ವಾಮೀಜಿ ಮೇಕ್ಸ್ ಎ ಡಿಸ್ಟಿಂಕ್ಷನ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಅನುಸಜ್ಜತೆ ಅನು ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಇವನ್ ದಿ ಸ್ಲೈಟೆಸ್ಟ್ ಸೊ ಇವನ್ ಇಫ್ ಐ ಫೈಂಡ್ ದ ಸ್ಲೈಟೆಸ್ಟ್ ಟ್ರೇಸ್ ಇನ್ ಮೀ ದಟ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಗೆಟಿಂಗ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಕ್ ಟು all the my iPhones and you know just tell me should we give you I, I, Apple watch as a birthday gift I said that would be wonderful because even though I can hardly use my iPhone it's a 1% capacity of its absence Apple watch at least I can say I have an Apple watch as long as I think that I'm getting a threat you have to continue doing selfless activities Sarva Sankalpa Sanyasi Yoga Rudaha tad uchade very high bar first he said look at whether you are getting attached to the sense object and say, yeah yeah apple 6s well okay continuing selfless activities or na karmasuna note activity this is actually more difficult than objects you can get rid of attachment to object relatively easier but your activity attachment to activity is very very difficult to get out of that's why i say people ask me So Neil, when are you retiring? I said, never. I don't know whether I can survive without working. That's an attachment to the activity. That's very difficult to get out. That's why people, as soon as they retire, they degenerate, you know, literally, mentally, physically. There's nothing to associate with. Because what we are today is our resume, basically. All the compilation of my accomplishments and degrees and i consider that to be me once that is taken away from you nobody is asking my resume who am i so bhagwan said not karma so anusajjate not even a trace of attachment to your activity sarva sankalpa sanyasi and all these things are coming because of my desires and desires are because i have projected my future something different than what i am in the present that when i give up I'm just happy as I am. And I remember Dan all the time when I read this, because he used to say, this world is just perfect. He understood Hinduism probably a little better than most of us, because he was clean slate you know, when he started. He used to say, this world is just perfect. My life is perfect. Everything is perfect. As long as I start seeing that, then I'm a sarva sankalpa sanyasi. There's nothing to desire anymore. Yoga arudhata duchyade. then you consider yourself to be yogi you are now firmly established in yoga now you are firmly established in the saddle of your horse which is your mind the mind is basically here 
is indicated by the horse. When I'm firmly in control of my mind, at that time, samaha karanam uchyade, that the time is contemplation of who I am. Uddharet atmana atmanam na atmanam avasadayet. Any misunderstanding you have about Hinduism or any mysticism, you have to remember this verse. As Swamiji very elaborately says, we have this general misconception that the Guru puts a hand in your head and suddenly all of this awareness, I wake up into some new dimension. Guru has no ability to do that to you. Guru can only awake the ability within you by guiding you in a right direction. Therefore, we call it Upadesha. It does not say that it takes you there. It can indicate the place nearby. You can never give a description of Hawaii to me completely till I myself go to Hawaii. All you can tell me is what the Hawaii is like. And the only way you can describe it is, Neil, have you been to Hawaii? I said, no, I've never been to Hawaii. I said, have you taken a cruise? Where did you go? I said, well, I went to this Caribbean islands. He said, Hawaii is something like that. So now I can form a picture in my mind what Hawaii would like. So somebody can only point out the nearby place where to go. Then you have to go yourself. So therefore, scripture clarifies that who is your true guide who will take you there. Uddharet Atmana Atmanam. You lift yourself by yourself. And we try to understand what that really means, yourself by yourself. It looks like there are two selves. Clearly, one can pull the other one out. That self which I consider myself right now is one self, which is a person who has all these goals and desires and aspirations and what I want to achieve and why I want to achieve is one person. Then there is something which is constantly is telling me what is right and what is wrong. My conscience. My conscience is actually my connection to my higher self. It's guiding me, but in my attachment to the world outside, I obviously don't listen to it. As I probably have told you before, that every time I have done a venture which failed, I already knew in the beginning that this is not probably the right thing to do. I remember the internet bubble days. I never invested myself ever, but every party I go, they're talking about how you made $200,000 overnight and how you made $300,000 overnight by putting in AOL. And So I'll just hear the word AOL, okay, Broadcom, and then I'll go and invest myself, not even thinking whether right or wrong. And then I see my portfolio rising because you're all going up. Then I all dropped, and I said, so, somebody, so what was that? What is that? This is the time to buy. I bought even more. And eventually I lost lots of money. I knew right from the beginning, this is not my cup of tea. But it seemed like right thing to do. But everybody is making money and Neil, why are you not? One of my clients used to tell me, he said, Neil, you and my, my eldest son is the only one who came to this country to not make money. You know? I said, why you say that? He said, you know all about the hotels. But you are not investing. Everybody else is who doesn't know anything about their investing. They come to ask you. So finally I said, maybe I should invest. Again, I lost lots of money. 
I knew in the beginning of that venture, this is not for me. I'm good at talking about Bhagavad Gita. And at a minimum architecture. Beyond that is beyond my capacity. But I did it anyway. That conscience is constantly guiding you. What is right and what is wrong. What is you and what is not you. But when we are not listening to him, we cannot lift ourselves up. Uddharet Atmana Atmanam Let your lower self be lifted out by your higher self. That connection with your conscience, tuning up with your conscience, so you constantly listen to it, you can lift your lower self out of this attachment and desires in this world outside. Na Atmana Avasade Don't let the Atma fall. If you don't listen to this conscience, you are falling. Atmaivahi Atmano Banduhu Atmaivahi Ripu Atmanaha Yourself is your greatest friend. Yourself is your greatest foe. As Swamiji says, outside foes can do some damage because they are not constantly there to damage you. They can periodically come and do something which is going to hurt you. The inside one can constantly hurt you. And why and how that is? We have seen that the power which enables me to work is my consciousness. In analogy, we constantly use gas in the car. As long as there is a driver who is in control of the car, the same gas can take you from here to 474 miles as my car when I fill up the car tank says. But if the driver is not in control, it can create a disaster because... The gas does not discriminate whether I'm driving in the right direction or going to crash. The self in me is enabling me to act in this world outside. If I'm aligned with my conscience, then it will direct me towards my evolution. But if I'm not listening to it, the same consciousness will enable me to do wrong things. So it's acting like an enemy who is making me do things which is not in good interest of mine. So therefore he says, Bandhu Atmaiva Ripu Atmanaha Bandhu Atma Atmanasya Tasya Ena Atmaiva Atmana Jitaha So now the question is, in whose case the higher self is the friend of the lower self? Ena Atmaiva Atmana Jitaha It very Complexly put, one who has conquered his self by the self. In this case, the self is basically my mind and my intellect. When I have, by discipline, conquered my mind and my intellect, so I have a control over my mind so it does not do wrong thing. See, this is what happens when you have some mental disorder. You just don't have a control over your mind. So even though you do not want to do anything wrong, your mind will make you do that because it's under delusion. It's not seeing the reality as it is. You and I right now say, well, I have a discrimination, where to act, how to act, what to do, not to do, at least in our sphere of activity. For a person who is deluded, he does not have that discrimination because his mind is not in control. But it is some degree we are also in that delusion of what is right for me and what is wrong for me. 
So when I have no control over that what is right for me and what is wrong for me, I am not in control of my mind. But one who has the control over his mind, for him that conscience will constantly act as his friend, constantly guiding him what is right and you are in tune with it, you will do the right thing and you start making progress. Atmanahatu satrutve vartet atmaiva satrutve. But one who is acting as an enemy to himself, the self is also is an enemy to himself. So the self is there to guide you or support you in your activities which you think is appropriate. The only means we have, the only treasure Swami used to say, you have is your mind. All other treasures will go away if you don't have control of your mind. You know, I may have a billion dollars, but if I lose my mind. There was one case recently when they divorced the guy who owned some sports franchise, and he was losing his. So he made some derogatory comments, and then the court decided that he cannot be in control of his because he's gonna. He gave wife, his wife, and wife sold away because even though he had billions of dollars. But he does not have a control of his mind. So he lost everything, at least from his perspective. So therefore, Swami is the only treasure, only treasure we have is our mind. And if you don't protect that treasure, then everything is at risk. Therefore, one says, control your mind. Will that will stop? Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo